Let's open with a word of prayer to begin. God, our Father, as we uh, think about how to be good, godly parents, I pray that you would help us to see uh, your fatherly love uh, every day that you provide for us. And we pray that you'll bless our time together, that our discussion will be uh, good and purposeful, and that we will be able to be helpful to one another. Bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. We should review just a little bit to kind of remember where we came from. Um, Why is our understanding of covenant important in parenting? Does covenant matter when we think about parenting? Yeah. When we parent, we knowing that our children are part of that that changes how we yeah yeah anybody else some thoughts about that Charlie Yeah, that's a good point. And I I like what you said, that they're not born neutral, right? And so we have a job to do there. Um, Do you see promise in the covenant? Promise is there, right? I mean, God says that, you know, you you bring your your children up in the fear of of the Lord. And so I think the promise is that um, they will be his when they they reach that age of decision and maturity. Um, Well... Explain the difference between disciplining and discipling your children. Is there a difference? Somebody somebody give me a definition for disciplining. Nobody got one, huh? Charlie. Somebody else a chance. Uh, I, I forget what was said last week, but I think that the way that we think of the two today, discipline, usually we think of a correction, uh, but discipline could also be used in the context of like self-discipline and training, which is also what to disciple is. So they're related, but we have different connotations for the word discipline today. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, discipline would, I think, be shaping the will of your child through training and instruction. And disciplining kind of, I think, builds on that. And uh, with, I think, for us, bringing the children uh, to understand Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I think that would be the point of discipling. So we've seen during the last two weeks that children are a gift from God, uh, that they are also a responsibility for us. And I think, Charlie, you kind of just alluded to that. 
Our calling uh, as parents is to discipline our children and show them how to be disciples. So the question is, how do we accomplish this? How do we, how do we bring our children up in the fear of the Lord? How do we uh, bring them to that point where they see Jesus as Lord and Savior? Anybody got some ideas about that? Or probably we should just start with defining some concepts. What are the qualifications of, a, of being a parent, do you think? It's a trick question, probably. Are there qualifications for being a parent? Probably should be. <laughs> uh, you know, I suppose with adopting, you, you find that there were lots of things that you got quizzed and questioned on to see if you were qualified. <clears throat> but, so let me ask it a different way. When God gives us children, has he said, well, I'm going to give you children because I know you're going to do a good job with them. <laughs> no. <laughs> I see head shaking there. So, you're right. I mean, so <clears throat> um, it's not because we are able to be parents that God calls us to be parents. Um, we don't go through a selection process and, and uh, see who's capable of being a parent. There are no um, there are no uh, things that def- in our character that define us as being good parents or not. I. I I remember thinking that was well, probably a good thing. Those people aren't parents because they're not very good at it. But um, yeah, so I think I think that's probably the first thing we have to understand. What what sort of problems do you think could arise if you if you uh, if you looked at yourself and said I I'm fully able to be a parent. I'm capable. I've got all the qualifications for that. What are there any pitfalls in that? Show the fundamentally wrong outlook on life and your own ability. You are not, you know, you don't have everything you want, especially if you have a parent and you don't even know what you don't know. Um, but I think more importantly, you lose the ability to learn and to grow and to rely on God. Um, if you think that you can do it all on your own and you can already know what you need to know, you're not able to listen, you're not able to trust God for providence and, and caring for your kids or teaching them or disciplining or whatever you need to do. Um, and, you know, you're not willing to admit yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to, I think, um, the idea that we don't know we need a Savior if we feel like we're fully capable of saving ourselves. The same idea carries through to being a parent. Um, if, if we think we got it all together and we can do this, it's not going to go well, I think. There, there are some things that come... Um, <clears throat> What kind of things come out of that if we think we're able? What, what sort of things do you, do you see that might transpire in, in our parenting if we, if we think, well, we got it all together? I think pride is one of the things. Um, what else? Yeah. Their lack of compassion and understanding. All right. The struggles that our children have or, or the, the challenge <clears throat> that they have of being told what to do, mm-hmm. being, facing correction. And, and yeah. Submitting to authority. Yeah, yeah. Any others? I used to think I was pretty patient uh, until having kids, and I realized I really don't have a great control over my emotions. Um, and if I am unwilling to, to believe that I'm, or, or if 
if I think that I know everything and I think I can do everything, then I'm going to pass that blame off on the kids. Well, I'm mad because they are so not. I'm mad because mm-hmm. they're disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, patience, it's, it's hard. You think you're patient. I mean, I always did, but then I realized I'm not so patient after all, and, and uh, I respond in ways that aren't very good. Um, the actions that I took were way too quick. should have thought about it a little more. Maybe uh, walk down the hall a bit and, and, and think about what my response is going to be before I just respond in anger because the anger comes if you're if you're thinking you're you're the one who's offended um what about maybe i don't think any of you guys have this problem but sometimes we see our children as maybe like trophies like oh they're so good that you know i'm i'm so proud of them it's it's easy to get into that trap right i mean we want to raise our children to be really good children, to become great and successful adults and all of that. But it's kind of not the point, is it? I mean, we're not, we're not trying to, to raise adults that are successful and all of these other things. We're trying to raise children that know the Lord. And, and that's kind of one of the things that we've got to pay attention to. Charlie. Everybody get that? There's, there's, it, there's, it's appropriate to, to feel delight in your children. Um, it's when that gets out of balance that it's a problem. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. How often do you feel inadequate as a parent? Those of you who aren't parents, I, I, that's okay. <laughs> so it's pretty common, right? I mean, I think that's one of the experiences that we all go through. Uh, and there can be some, we'll talk about that next week, I think, some regrets that come from that as well. I blew it again, or I messed up in this way. Or, and you can even look at your children and see, well, see, I, I messed up here, and so this is the result of that. Um, so we're going to talk about how to deal with that later on. But here's the good news about all of this. Uh, God designed us to be dependent, not independent. Um, if you feel inadequate, um, God has promised in his word that he will supply everything you need to be a good parent. Um, let's, let's take a look at Ephesians chapter, chapter 3. <clears throat> Go to verse 20 and 21. If somebody's got it, could you read it nice and loud for us? Three? Yeah, 3, 20, and 21.
glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. You know, so first of all, we see there that God is able to do for us what we need. He's able to supply the, the, the things we ask for, the things that, that will help us be better parents. And he'll do it abundantly. He's going to, it's not just a little, well, I'll give you a little bit of help or, or whatever. He gives us everything we need abundantly, way more than we'd ever think or ask for. Um, and then his power is at work within us. I think um, that's, that's really important to, to understand that we, we can appropriate that power by trusting God, but, but it is at work in us at all times. And so uh, I think we need to make sure that we're, we're not squelching that. And, and, uh, and, of course, all of that is to his glory. We want God to be glorified in our, in our parenting. Um, and that's forever and ever. Jesus will reign. Uh, I don't know if uh, how many of you listened to R.C. Sproul uh, in the morning on Sunday morning. He's been preaching through Luke, and uh, but he finished up the Luke today talking about Jesus Christ uh, is now our sovereign Lord who reigns over all things forever. Which is, I think that's a that's a wonderful message. And a wonderful thing to think about. Uh, it gives us great hope for the things that we're struggling with and striving with as parents and, and even just as people. I mean, we, we can so easily be overcome with the things that, that uh, we struggle with, our sins and our, our failures and our, our faults. Um, so while we're talking about parenting, I, I don't know about you, but I, as I read the books and, and the things that we've been studying to do this class, um, I thought this applies to me as a person just as much as to being a parent. So who we are as people uh, can be helped by what we understand from God's word and from this teaching about parenting. So does God expect perfection from us? Probably that's a pretty easy answer. No, of course not. Um, but he wants us to be diligent and humble, um, kind and gentle, consistent, clear, careful. Uh, I think, though, that one of the things that's the most important in this is being faithful in the task that he's given us. What, how are some ways that we can be faithful in our task? Yeah, persistence. Yeah, uh, well, consistency and persistence. You said that. That's a really good idea to think about because uh, you you may have to say the same thing several times a day, a thousand, <laughs> a thousand times a day, uh, it, it, and you you think, ah, oh, why don't they get it? That's uh, because yeah, Charlie. Because we don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, we're struggling to image God. Our children are struggling to image us as we image God. And so 
we must not forget the debt that we've been forgiven and the little debt that our children accrue each day as well. Right? Yeah. It's going to be like the man in the parable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, this relates to who I am as a person. How many times do I have to tell myself to quit doing that or to do this different? I mean, it, I, I, I've always had a bad problem when I drive. I, I tend to be a little less than patient with some of the drivers on the road. <laughs> Maybe I'm saying that kind of nice, but uh, I, I turn into a whole different person. You almost see the little horns coming out and the... You know, the red rage face guy that, that's there. Um, and I know that every time I get in the car to leave, I tell myself, okay, you don't need to yell at other drivers on the road. They're the same as you. They, <laughs> I, you're laughing, but I think we all feel that way, right? There are things that we do and say every day, and we tell ourselves, okay, i got to quit doing that. I, I can't be that way. That's kind of the same with ch- raising our children, you're going to have to tell them many, many times a day to either stop doing something or to do something. Go clean your room. Go, you know, whatever it is, that's going to be something you have to repeat constantly. Um, so, any other thoughts about that before we move on? So, how do we need to, oh, yeah. I just want to say, uh, owning our failures is another way we are faith to be faithful as parents. Yeah. Because uh, God uses uh, good days and our bad days. And, and even in, in that, when we own our own failures, I think God is honored by that. And I think that good comes from that as well. So that's a good thing to remember. Well, so how do we proceed? How do we give ourselves what we need to know biblically about how to parent? I think... Uh, one of the best places we can go for that is Deuteronomy chapter 6. So let's go there. Uh, when, when I was working, one of the things we used to do when I was a safety manager was say, um, what, where, why, when, and how. And if you can answer those questions, it, it can help you maybe see more, more clearly what happened in the, in the incident. But I think this is also true when we look at some things in Scripture. So... Um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9. I'll read that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your wrist, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So the first question is, what are we to teach? Okay. Anything else from there? The history of God's faithfulness throughout generations. Okay, yeah. Uh, from that from that verse four there. Let's read that again. Hear O Lord, the Lord our God is one. So I I to me it seems like when I can teach my children who God is, 
He's the Lord our God. And there's only one God. There is no other God besides him. And so that's kind of a what there too. History is in there. The history of of God's people. Um, But I think teaching them that there are no other gods. And you teach them to love God above everything else. Everything else. And then you love him with your heart, your soul, and your might. Jesus kind of expanded that to include the mind. But I think all of those things are very critical for what we are to teach them. So where are we to teach them? Easy answers everywhere. But, but what are some things that, that, are, that are said in this text about the where? Charlie. This text specifically describes an acculturation process that at all times there is an opportunity to speak of the glories of God, of the, of the works that he has done, bring his grace to bear on us when we are walking life down. It doesn't leave anywhere out. Mm-hmm. It's meant to imply a full, like, in, integral encompassing discipleship. So, can you be, give some specifics there? It's pretty comprehensive, but some specifics from that verse. When Is you it, walk by the way. Okay. When you lie down. Yep. So when you were out for a walk with the kids through the mall or out in the woods or up the street and down the street. And then uh, what, what else did you say? Uh, when, you, when, you, when you lie down. Okay. When you lie down. Yeah. So before you put your kids to bed or you, when you're about to lay, or if you're, you're going to lay down on the couch for a nap, <laughs> you can talk about who God is in that situation. I think the emphasis there is the first thing on your mind should be the Lord and the last thing before you go to bed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So the, the statement was the first thing on your mind ought to be the Lord. So. I think that's, that's kind of what's, what's the comprehensive idea in that verse. Um, so that's the where we are to teach. When we are to teach, again, the first thing on your mind ought to be the Lord. So when you sit down, when you, when you walk, when you, when you lie down, when you rise, all of the activities of your day should encompass the thought about who God is and, and what he means to you. What about why are we to teach? Okay. Yeah. To love the Lord and um, your God and, and your God you shall fear. Um, I think that helps for a lot of things because uh, when you love the Lord above everything else, all of those things in life that seem important, they kind of, they kind of are secondary to what's going on. And God calls us in different things of life to, to, to glorify him, and we don't always see that. We, we kind of forget, well, you know, I'm, when I was working, here I, I've got this job, and these are the things I've got to focus on. But really, if I focus on honoring God first, uh, 
then all the other stuff comes into place as I work. I've got to do my job well, but I do it for the glory of God. And that helps so much in thinking about that. But it also applies to how we raise our children. If we can help instill in them the idea that what you're doing isn't just for yourself or um, playing if they're in sports. You don't play to win the game. You play to honor the Lord. And I think that's kind of a key, key concept to get in your mind. Well, uh, how about the how? How shall we teach? So there's a focus on the home, like the, the, the doorposts and the gate, and um, that's the place where, say that again. Uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's an effective place to do that. Effective um, place. It should be obvious uh, that God comes first there, and that should be a convert. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the home will be more of like a semi-sterile place to do that, but like out walking, out in public you're going to be bombarded with all kinds of other influence. I feel like I have the most profound discussions when we would be out somewhere and see something and be like, well, why is that? Or, or a dead animal. Like, well, why did they die? Yeah. And those kind of conversations. Right. And you can bring it back to the fall and, and all of these deep theological things on a basic level for kids. So you're kind of experiencing all of that in the real world as well. Mm-hmm. And then in the home, you're kind of concentrating that more with like family devotions and yeah. and deeper discussions and things like that or mess ups within the home and then going about trying to work through that. That's that's another important one there, you know, is when there's a, a, a situation where a child needs to be disciplined, um, that's another time when we say, well, we do this not because we're mad at you or because we're um, you know angry or whatever, this is because God calls us to do this. And we honor God by disciplining you and helping you to see how you live differently. It is an opportunity to bring your children to the Lord in that sense, too. Because as they see that, they understand, well, when I mess up, I can go to the Lord, repent, confess, and receive forgiveness for that. And, and it would be the same for, for you as a parent. You model that to your children and you show them how to confess and repent and, and to be forgiven. And, and that's a very good thing. Uh, he talks about in this chapter, uh, bind them on your wrists and put them between your eyes. <laughs> that's a funny thought. I mean, but it's really the idea that it's got to be part of our thinking all day long, every day. Um, Sarah, you talked about um, when you're out for a walk and you see things and it's an opportunity to talk about um, the Lord with with whoever you're with, with children or with your spouse or or whatever it is. And I think that's really something. It's one of those nuggets, I think, that um, my wife and I kind of discovered or thought about as we thought about this class was that um, in raising children, never miss an opportunity to talk to your children about the Lord. 
They're there every day. And they're, sometimes it seems like just the most commonplace things. But I think we need to instill in our children a sense of wonder and awe at who our God is. You know, he's the great creator who made all these things. So at night when you see a, a, a sky filled with stars, you know, you can start with that and say, look at that. God created all that. God is the great creator who made this. Uh, and, and he made it for us to enjoy as well. Um, I, I well remember uh, a couple Christmases ago, we had a big snowstorm and our kids were with us. And um, the trees behind our house uh, had, were filled with snow. And I, I looked at that and I just thought, wow, that's just beautiful. So I had my grandson with me and I said, look at that. God made that for us to enjoy. Any other things that you can think of that are opportunities to talk about God with your children with? And, yeah, and so that's, that's really an important thing. You know, again, we come back to the idea that it's not just for parents, this teaching. This is about for every one of us. We all can grow and understand that um, by seeing God in all things around us, I think it helps us to, to um, have that sense of wonder and awe at our great creator. Uh, um, my father-in-law, Elaine's dad, was really good at that. And whenever we were together, uh, one of the first things, well, it always came up in the conversation um, how awesome God was, how wonderful God was. And, and he would always relate everything back to that. So he, he was doing it. He was living this before us, and it was really wonderful to be part of that. Uh, Elaine and then Charlie. Children 
hear us talking about stuff that's hard in our lives. And I always, you know, have to remember that we should be ending on the note that God is working through this situation. This didn't happen by accident. It's part of the sovereignty of God, and God's grace will help us get through it. That's the day-to-day -day walking through things together. And you see why parent, why, why marriage is a partnership, right? I mean, Elaine sees things that I don't see, and maybe I see things she doesn't see, although I think she sees more than I do. But, <laughs> but it's a partnership. Charlie, you had something. I, I wanted to piggyback on what you said previously, too, about um, we have the unique gift. We have gifts from God, and that's how we ought to think about it and talk to our children about it, just thinking very practically, like um, the Lord's Day something at Monty's house we treat it like a holiday yeah. I don't want my children to look forward to Halloween more than they look forward to Sunday so we yeah. have pancakes and bacon mm. and we celebrate it. it's very festival and so even something as simple but faithful as you said earlier the small faithfulness what does your Lord's Day morning look like is it anxiety ridden is it, or is it restful and joyful because unlike the heathens the gifts that we've received from the Lord are joy mm -hmm. and hope mm -hmm. and life and peace and that's, you know, if you get something I say to my children, you know, why do we pray? It's like, because we get to know the living God. Yeah. Not everybody gets that gift. Right. Not everybody gets to give thanks to God. Yeah. These are gifts. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. I, I would tend to be the person on Sunday morning scrambling around like, oh, got to get ready for church, got to go. Yeah. And I need to slow down and say, no, this is the Lord's Day. Let's, let's treat it like a holiday. Yeah. That is a really good point. And really, I think for, for parenting, like for everything else in life, if you let Scripture be your guide, I think you're way better off. And you really, you, you know, you, you're not going to go wrong by that. Proverbs is a really good place to go, too. Um, you know, the, the wisdom of Solomon is there. And, he, you know, he talks about the things that are going to be good for you as, as an adult, as a, as a parent, you know, as a child. All of these things, if you, if you can incorporate those things into your thinking. But I really like that where when you talk to your children, if you back that up with Scripture, I think it's really, really a good thing. Yeah. Okay, any other thoughts? I don't want to move on too quickly. Um, so, see, seeing and celebrating God's worth is a really, really important thing, uh, and I think it's there. There were some nuggets that that kind of came up for us as we thought about this. One of them is kind of as we talked about so far is talking about who God is <clears throat> in everything that we do, so that our children see God in in the world around them. Uh, <clears throat> another one that I think came up for us is never to assume the spiritual condition of your children, either good or bad. I think uh, 
it is a work in progress. It is, it, and it is something that we need to focus on and make sure we're doing the right things with all along, but also to trust the Lord uh, for the outcome, for, for seeing, well, we want our children to be saved, but we don't do that, right? We, we, we must be faithful with the things that God calls us to teach our children, but we leave the results up to the Lord. And it's really easy to say, but I've got to save my kids. I've got to make sure my children are saved. And yes, you need to do the work, but God does the saving. So that's kind of what... Any, any other nuggets that have come up in your parenting that, as you've kind of gone along that... Uh, you talked about um, sharing scripture with your children when, they, when they, you correct them and so on. Anybody else got some things that you've done in parenting that were really, really helpful and good? <clears throat> If I had a regret in, in my parenting, it, it's as I look back over the years, I didn't do a very good job of leading our family and family worship. I could have done a lot better job with that. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So family worship is is important. Um, anybody else? Charlie. should be a very important part of what we do as a parent. Uh, pray for your children all the time and pray for them diligently. That's a very excellent point and I think gets us somewhere when we come to that stuff too. Right? That covers a multitude of other deficiencies and all Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, um, well, next week we're going to talk about uh, a chapter in uh, Paul David Tripp's book about grace. And I, I kind of want to um, use that as, a, as a, a way of helping us to understand how to be better parents as well. Um, 
it, it was very um, revealing to me to see uh, that idea of what what part grace plays in the whole thing of being a parent, but also just being um, God's child as well. And so we'll look forward to that. Are there any questions that have come up in your mind along the way here that uh, that we need to address or think about? If not, let's uh, let's close in prayer, and then uh, next week we'll pick up with grace. Oh Lord, our God, we are so thankful that you have promised us in your word that you will supply abundantly all of our needs, that you will help us to be the parents that you'd like us to be. And when we fail, we know we can come to you and, and uh, confess and be forgiven of those. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you'd guide us, help us to uh, live out our lives in glory to you. And we pray that you'll bless us now as we um, commune together a little bit and then worship together. We pray that you will help us to do uh, to worship you this morning for your glory, to declare your worth among us. In Jesus' name, amen.